Brother, you've learned well. You're expert at Wu-Tang. <laughs> you learn. You have to suffer a lot. Otherwise, you'd never have mastered Chin King and the Wu-Tang sword skills. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. Let's start the show. Welcome to episode 12 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Today is April 3rd, 2018, Tuesday. And this is definitely, definitely an alpha male podcast. Uh, you know, so sometimes I'll get into the Buddhism, and sometimes I'll get into the alpha male. I like historical stuff, you know, and a lot of times that stuff is really alpha, because that's back when men were men. Anyway, um, I digress. Welcome back, and uh, again, this is episode 12, and uh, you know, as you know, on the last pod, on the last podcast, we went over a couple of couple of different topics and subjects. It was 10 minutes. Uh, and this one, I'm making an effort to block out one particular topic that I'd like to address. And this one topic encompasses a whole lot of things. Namely, being outnumbered. And, you know, an underdog having the odds stacked against you. Big time. It involves Hannibal, a historical, one of the greatest historical generals of all time. Uh, Rome. And uh, just many factors uh, that make this an exceptional example of uh, overcoming odds when you're outnumbered. Anyway, before we get into that, um, just just to frame this into that, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, there's no need to reinvent the wheel because the wheel has already been invented. That sounds real simple. On the surface it is, but it's really profound because if you find yourself in a situation, because, because the wheel is perfection. So how are you going to build on perfection? Well, I want to transport some stuff. And I know I have a wheel, but I want to develop something that's better. No, stupid. The wheel is perfection, man. That's the whole pie, 3.14. It's it's perfect. Um, so when you're confronted with a problem and, and, and you want to see a way through it, many times, um, instead of racking your brains and wasting time, look for models out there, look for examples in situations where people in the past have been in situations similar to you and how they handled it. The successful ones, obviously. You can even learn from the unsuccessful ones to learn to do, not to do what they did. Um, but there's no need to reinvent the wheel because the wheel has already been invented. Just remember that because um, any situation that you may find yourself in, and this is another example with Hannibal being outnumbered. I mean, this, this is a wheel... Uh, in, in essence, this is a quote-unquote prototypical wheel 
that one would utilize it in essence when they're outnumbered. And it's a metaphor. Again, you know, you you might talk about, you know, uh, plane flying or car driving or whatever, but it, it could be a metaphor for something else, you know. Um, a guy chopping wood is a guy working hard. Anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, that's an important concept to remember. You know, this people have resolved most of the issues that we have coming these days. People have already found resolution to them. So look to see, you know, how, how in the past that was handled successfully. You can kind of model that. So let's let's get into the subject. When it gets into historical figures, one of my favorite is Hannibal from Carthage. And to be more specific and historical, it's the Second Punic Wars. And this is right around 216, 218 BC. Okay, so a long time ago. And this is when Rome was on the rise. Uh, because um, just to be aware at one point, you know, Hannibal was the uh, top players in the Mediterranean, and their thing was commerce and trade. Um, they were not very warlike. They were very much into trade and seamanship. And mer mer they were merchants. Rome, on the other hand, their economy was set up to be a more dominating, more militaristic, more colonizing. And Hannibal realized this, and he also realized that if he didn't make his move at some point, um, they were going to be subjected to, subjected to Rome. Uh, I'm going to kind of ADD out of this real quick. One one interesting fact is that one day the Romans, when they were on the move up, when they were kind of equals with, with Carthage, because they were below Carthage, they became equals, and then they surpassed Carthage. But one day they... Uh, the Romans were out at sea, and they didn't have a navy at all. They barely had boats. But they found the Carthaginian boat, at which point they inspected it. The Romans were very smart. They were very good with their hand, very educated, intelligent people. Um, but they were flexible enough to learn. So they found this Carthaginian boat, and they were curious to learn more. As they inspected it, they found it had notches and marks and engravings in it and, and things. Basically, it was... A cookie cutter assembly of of a boat. Uh, the boat they found was a cookie cutter boat. They copied it, and they were within, I guess, six months they had a navy. That's how simple and, and, and effective the Carthaginian design was of those boats. But anyway, I digress. That's that's an interesting fact, historical fact. But anyway, um, but I highly recommend you know if you're a person that's into strategy, thinking, advancement, self improvement keeping your mind active and stimulated. You, you, you want to watch some of these old um, epic historical battles involving Alexander the Great and Hannibal and Genghis Khan. There's a great podcast put up by uh, Dan Carlin called Hardcore History, and he has an epic, epic podcast on, on the Khan, Genghis Khan. Really good. Um, anyway, but I, you know, you should be a student of ancient history and, 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 and ancient great, great leaders, you know. Um, all right, so let me stick to my notes here. There's one particular battle that uh, Hannibal engaged in that stands out in history as one of the greatest military strategies ever employed in battle. And that's the Battle of Cannae, which was 216 B.C., Second Punic War. Um, in essence, what happened was uh, Hannibal recognizing 
that Rome was on the rise and that Carthage would be subjected to Rome if they didn't effectively deal with Rome. Um, what he did was Hannibal formed an army to deal with Rome. And he assembled, I, I don't remember the exact number, but probably 50,000 troops, 40,000 troops, whatever the number is in, in that number. It may have been more, I don't know, you'd have to look it up. I'm good, I plan on putting uh, some YouTube links on here, you know, to go with the podcast so you can um, kind of follow along because it's very visual. But um, he mounted he mounted up a uh, an army and he strategized and thought if he went to attack Rome along the coastline, they'd be prepared for that and they'd wipe him out. They'd back him right into the Mediterranean Sea and wipe him out. Regardless of how many numbers he had, they would just stack up enough numbers to push him back into the sea. You know, and, and, Hannibal, and uh, Hannibal was very conscious of topography and the lay of the land, the ground, when it came to military conflict. So he avoided attacking Rome through the Mediterranean along the coast, which is the shortest route. And he took a route that was the hardest route. He went over the Alps in the winter. The Alp Mountains, there was a pass there. And he, he almost didn't make it through. It's very tough. He, he encountered uh, attackers. But he also gathered some troops, my understanding is. So he was he was very... People followed him. People followed Hannibal. He was very persuasive. Very engaging man. Leader. General. Made it through the Alps. Hannibal made it through the Alps with his troops. Uh, and found himself in southern Italy. Now, just to give this a reference point, he was there in Italy for about three years, I believe it is, and they couldn't do anything. The Romans couldn't do anything with him. Uh, they, they tried to wipe him out, and they, they couldn't. His military genius was just too much for them, and his troops and his ability to to just maintain his, his army and to maintain his ground was, was phenomenal. But anyway, Rome resolved to deal with him, to deal with Hannibal and the Carthaginians and to get rid of them. They were not all Carthaginians. Most of them, a large amount of them also were mercenary fighters from Iberia, which is modern-day Spain and other countries, Gaul and Nordics and all kind of people. But they resolved, uh, Rome resolved to gather together legions, uh, totaling 80,000 to get rid of him uh, at Cannae. As I said, uh, circa 216 B.C., around 216 B.C., A scout came to Hannibal a couple of nights prior to this attack, advising him that Rome was gathering enormous amounts of troops to come and attack. Obviously, that's why they're gathering troops. And it was said that Hannibal spent the whole night drawing with a stick in, in the dirt, the lines, and wiping it out and rewriting it. And I believe he had one person helping him going over his strategy and his drawings and what he was doing. And he was, I guess you could say he was panicking. He was, he was, he says, if I, if I don't make the right maneuvers, we're, we're all going to die. <clears throat> so he, he employed a strategy that was genius. And basically what he did was, the way the Romans attack, they attack in these legions that are in block formation. Just like bricks. So it looked like a stack of bricks coming at you, perfectly symmetrical. What Hannibal did is he employed a line of troops in a crescent shape with the bow, the closer point of the crescent facing towards the legion uh, and the ends away from the legions in that crescent shape. And Hannibal instructed 
he put his weaker fighters in the center of this line, and he made the line very not not very deep, maybe a few rows deep, to give the illusion that there were a lot of troops, but the center was very weak. Again, he instructed the center to give ground and back up as the legions, because what they typically did, the legions, was they just overran you. They penetrated you and just overran you. Um, and this is a deception that Hannibal did because he had less troops. I believe he had 30,000 troops at this point versus 80,000 of the Roman troops. So as these legions came to assault Hannibal's troops, Hannibal ha had put his weaker troops in the middle and instructed them to give ground. When this did take place and the Romans did penetrate that line, Hannibal had his cavalry and his faster fighters out along the ends, the left and right ends of this line. Which, uh, upon the Romans penetrating, he, he advised his cavalry to quickly envelop and sweep around the whole 80,000 Roman legion, enclosing them as if they were an island of 80,000 men enclosed in an island of 30,000 men. At that point, what happens is the only Romans that can effectively fight are those that are at the exact perimeter of that island. Which I guess, I, I, out of 80,000, I'm guessing 3,000 or 2,000 are fighting. Because it's literally that line right there. So he Hannibal completely enveloped the uh, the Roman legions, and eighty thousand Romans died that day. Um, I'm not into you know war and death and everything like that, but this is history, and this is this is the way the world works. We live in this world, and we need to be appraised and aware of that fact. You know, we can put ourselves in a I don't know, in a fluffy, what is that, snowflake type environment, but that, that doesn't work for an alpha male. You know, I want the real world, I want reality, and I want to know, if it's if it's coming at me, I want to know. So, you know, that's that's always the way to be informed. But, yeah, it's very interesting the way he handled being outnumbered. He totally took away the advantage of numbers by his formation. And he's impressive, man. There's a number of battles that he did were, were incredible. And I probably will put some up on here. Listen, I'm kind of running over time. I'm pushing up close to 15 minutes on this podcast. So I'm glad I was able to squeeze in a few more minutes. I feel I'm getting better. I'd like to get some feedback. Alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. Um, I do appreciate your time. Namaste. And uh, please keep listening. Thank you. And my Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. Check it out.